Well, we've got a turnaround in U.S. equities and bond yields rising everywhere, it seems, ahead of CPI figures in the U.S. later this week. And commodities, oil is on the rise on the hope that Macron will perform a miracle over Ukraine, or at least buy us a bit of time. And iron ore up as China decides to delay being green, focusing on the economy now instead. Plus, the U.K. Is it heading for a recession? It's the morning call from NAB for Wednesday, the 9th of February, 2022. Good morning. Well, after a mixed session yesterday, U.S. equities are definitely up today. We've got a 0.9% rise in the Nasdaq, 1% for the Dow, 0.6% for the S&P 500. Gains in Europe too, but not to any great extent, just 0.2% for the Eurostoxx 50, for example, and about the same for the DAX. The U.S. dollar is up a little at 95.6 on the DXY index. The U.S. dollar is up 0.4% on the Japanese yen. We've seen only modest gains by the Aussie and the pound, with a 0.3% fall in the euro. Big moves though in bond yields. Uh, up, of course, up eight basis points for UK 10 year gilt, six for 10 years in France, four in Germany, where yields are now uh, up above a quarter percent. They are at uh, 1.95% in the US, having risen four basis points this morning. And they got close to 1.97 earlier, uh, which is somewhere it's not been since 2019. In fact, close to breaking 2%, and uh, two years well above that, reaching 1.34% this session. And Australian 10 years up 13 basis points to 2.12%. That's 27 basis points this uh, in the last month. And oil down for now, 2% down for Brent WTI. WTI falling below $90, whilst iron ore breaking through $150 per tonne. So quite a bit of movement. Uh, not a lot going on, but a lot of movement in the markets. Here's NAB's Tapper Strickland. So we've got this sort of broad-based rebound in shares, haven't we? Which, I mean, I guess in part it, it shows there's... Uh, some confidence in the recovery, even though we're seeing this before we, you know, we've seen the CPI figures, which um, could influence all of this. But it's largely earnings, isn't it, which have generally been good. I mean, there's some disaster stories like uh, Pfizer is down because uh, they've revised their sales forecast down and BP's down uh, because they are uh, engaging in share buybacks. But but generally, you know, th- th- it's been a fairly solid performance in the earnings results. Hey, good morning, Phil. Yes, you have to say the earnings season has been another pretty stellar result. And as of Tuesday morning, I think 300 S&P 500 companies have reported and uh, 77% mm. of those have exceeded earnings estimates and 75% have actually topped revenue expectations. So I think that's one reason why equities have been able to be relatively resilient over the past week at least uh, in the face of that rising yield environment. But I think there's still a lot of caution out there. And the key takeaway for me is even though the headline earnings have been okay, um, a lot of firms are very reluctant to provide guidance. Um, and was, and I think uh, some of the stats that I was seeing that as of last week, um, 34 companies had given negative earnings guidance and 13 companies had issued positive guidance. Um, so that does yeah. suggest the tilt. Um, there is still a lot of concerns exactly around the path for the economy, um, especially in that rising rate environment. I think uh, investors overall are likely to be fairly jittery, especially ahead of the CPI report on Thursday. Well, the Russell 2000, it's at 1.4% today, which you might say, well, that's a good sign, isn't it? Smaller businesses are recovering too. That must mean it's a more broad-based recovery. It's not just the tech giants. But of course, you just look at where the, two, the Russell 2000 has been, and it's taken a bit of a hammering so far this year. Uh, definitely. And you'd have to expect that uh, value stocks um, become more in play in a rising rate environment um, than, say, growth mm. stocks. But again, uh, just a lot of caution 
out there, and especially just given where yields are marching at the moment. And you look at US uh, 10-year Treasury yields, and they're closing in on that 2% uh, level there. I think what the US 10-year at the moment is currently trading at 1.96%, so not too far away from that 2% kind of psychological level there. And if you do get a continued lift up in inflation, continued reaction by central banks in, in terms of hiking, then it's quite conceivable to see uh, equity market sentiment um, coming under a bit of pressure there. And can bond yields get any higher? I mean, particularly at the front end. I mean, how much adjustment can there be before these CPI figures came out on Thursday? Uh, I mean, if, I'm guessing that the only adjustment will be if they come in weaker than expected. Yeah, so from like a thematic point of view, in terms of how high 10-year yields can trade, uh, the 10-year yield tends to peak at where the terminal uh, Fed funds rate is or where the terminal central bank pricing is. Uh and so at the moment, uh, markets are still pricing, you'd have to say, a fairly shallow Fed funds path relative to prior cycles. Uh, and you look at those kind of proxies such as five, f- um, 5U1 year OIS forward swaps, and they're still sitting around that kind of 1.8% level. Um, so that suggests that, uh, yes, the Fed is going to hike relatively quickly, uh, but the actual peak of that cycle uh, is relatively shallow compared to prior cycles, according to the market's thinking. Uh, but then you look at the Fed dot plot and where they think their estimates of neutral are. And their Fed dot plot uh, suggests that neutral is probably around 2.5%. And that's without taking it into restrictive territory. So there is a bit of a gap between where the market sees uh, neutral or terminal and where the Fed sees uh, neutral. And so if you were to get um, higher inflation prints and the Fed were to come out with more rhetoric saying that they need to get closer to where they think neutral is, then you could see a further but, lift in uh, yields. Yeah, but are they here. actually taking that longer rate or, the, or that higher neutral rate because uh, they're, they're trying to talk people down? So just as we had the, the governor of uh, the Bank of England saying to people, you know, don't ask for pay rises uh, because that's just going to make inflation worse. I mean, are they trying to say, yes, the situation is worse than we thought? And, and in reality, they're thinking, yeah, we won't have quite so many dot points in truth. Yeah, it's just signalling. I, well, I guess it, it, it's signalling in the sense that that's where they think the neutral rate is um, so I guess in that sense it is some kind of signal there for 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 people uh, exactly whether rates can rise to that extent a lot of people do, do doubt and that's because of the amount of debt that is in the system at the moment and in terms of why yield curves are continuing to, to flatten and in some cases in terms of um, uh, interest rate swaps and forwards um, you've actually got inversion in many parts of the the curve there, particularly in the UK, is that really we're only really one or two shocks away from from another downturn or recession. There was a really good article in the, uh, I think it was in the Telegraph today, um, just warning that the UK is one shock away from recession. Uh, and that's just because the Bank of England has let the inflation journey out, 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 out of the bottle and it's going to take a fairly uh, aggressive tightening cycle to get inflation down in the UK there. Right, but they're so, not going to stop. They're not going to stop that recession by raising interest rates, though, are they? I mean, we're, we're, sort of history tells us if they go too heavy, they'll just bring that recession on that much faster, won't they? Exactly, and that's what markets are fearing with a fairly mm. aggressive rate cycle uh, being priced in at least for 2022. So when I look at market pricing at the moment, there's um, 5.4 hikes priced for the US Fed in 2022. Uh, 4.7 hikes from the RBA, um, five further hikes from the Bank of England, and uh, the ECB has 48 basis points worth of hikes for 2022. So in the near term, uh, fairly aggressive, but uh, at least in terms of where markets think central banks will take rates, um, it's relatively 50 to 70 basis points below where central banks probably think neutral is. 
Right. Well, I mean, that recession question, then that's going to be uh, top of mind for people watching Hugh Pill because he's on uh, early tomorrow morning. He's talking at the, Hugh Pill, of course, being the, the chief economist these days at the Bank of England. He's talking at the Society of Professional Economists annual conference. Uh, so that's going to be the big question, isn't it? How many rates and how are you going to do it without uh, causing a recession, given everything else is going on in the UK? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think you'll have to trade a pretty fine line there. And I think that question is going to be asked to a number of policymakers right right around the world, especially from the US Fed uh, and mm. the Bank of England. Well, that'll, uh, that'll stop the share market in its tracks, won't it? What about the, um, with the, the trade balance figures we're seeing? So for the, for the US, imports and exports both up. Is that a good sign? I mean, I would have thought that means that supply chains are starting to move again, doesn't it? Oh, it quite, quite possibly does. And it also probably harks back towards just how much imported goods demand uh, there had been in the system. So coming into this year um, and as the year evolves, uh, we're still hoping to see that pivot from goods to, to services. And that should alleviate some of the pressures within the supply supply chain itself. Um, Also, if you look at the US ISM, you have seen a bit of an easing up in supply deliveries. uh, And I think that's pretty interesting to watch going forward because that has been a pretty good gauge in terms of the inflation pressure within the pipeline there. And there's the small business optimism survey, the NFIB survey uh, in the US. Uh, it fell a little bit more than expected. It's at 97.1 down from 98.8 in December. So as far as they're concerned, things are getting worse i guess that is because of inflation but is it also perhaps because they're thinking oh i wonder if we're going to be pushing interest rates too high and that's not going to be very good for us or, or is it because as ray was saying yesterday they've got a democrat in the in the white house and then they're, they're not they're not particularly fond of that yeah, yeah it could be because of uh, president biden um, the nfib business community aren't as positive as they would be um, but also just the inflation indicators also rose to record highs uh, within that survey and those indicators date back to 1986 so um 61% of firms were reporting increasing average selling prices and uh, 50% of firms were saying that they boosted wages. So I think that's probably part of the reason why you've seen a bit of a dip back in small business optimism as well. Right. And the uh, the NAB <coughs> monthly business survey, I mean, it wasn't a particularly good read yesterday, was it? I mean, not because it was, you know, it wasn't badly, it was a beautifully worded document. Uh, but the news in it wasn't great. Uh, but I guess we weren't expecting it to be great, were we? Because uh, Omicron was there. But are, are there any, if we push that aside, were there any longer term concerns that you read in that report? Well, just going back to the um, impact of the Omicron variant, you'd have to say the survey showed a fairly modest impact from mm. the Omicron variant. Um, so I think in that respect, uh, it, it was uh, fairly positive news. And you look at business conditions in January, and it fell to three from eight, and it's long on average is six. So even with that Omicron variant tearing its way through Australia in, in January, business conditions wasn't all that below long on average levels. So no. that tells you that the business sector has been pretty resilient and should see activity rebound relatively quickly. Um, In terms of longer kind of thematics playing in the business survey, it's really around the prices side. So um, uh, purchase costs are running at 11.7%, three-month annualized, and uh, final prices three-month annualized are running at 5.6%. They're both at record highs Mm. in the uh, survey. Um, which dates back to 97 on a monthly basis. And then uh, retail prices continue to be near near, uh, serious highs, as do labour costs. So that does suggest that the RBA is likely to be surprised again on inflation in Q1 and Q2, and uh, that there are also some signs of wages picking up as well. So while the uh, RBA's rhetoric is still, you know, there's scenarios for late 2022, there's scenarios for 23. 
I think uh, just given the RBA is likely to be surprised quite sharply in Q1 and Q2, you'd have to say um, every RBA meeting is probably live uh, in the second half of this year. Right. So do you think that could be bringing forward the uh, the first rate rise then? Uh, yeah. So NEV currently has it in uh, November, uh, but you just have to say if the RBA is surprised qu- quite sharply, their tolerance of inflation being above the target as they're waiting for uh, wages to get to that kind of 3% plus level probably starts to erode and uh, they would likely to start to change their tune a bit. So uh, we'll be looking quite closely at the um, at the CPI figures as they, they come out and as well as the uh, wages figures as well. Okay, two big stories to finish off on commodities. First of all, oil is down. Uh, I, I I guess this is because we hope that uh, there's a de-escalation of the, the situation uh, in Ukraine. Macron and Putin have been talking across that very long table. Uh, it seems like it's going quite well, although it depends on the report that you read but I mean it is going to go on for a long time so I guess that's the part of the reason for oil and then uh, iron ore so you talk about that but also iron ore as well on the rise because China is pushing back its emissions targets for the for the steel industry they were going to reach a peak in 2025 they've pushed that back to 2030 now because they don't want to destroy the recovery from COVID by being distracted by you know minor things like uh, the planet so they're pushing back their green initiatives uh, and also reports that China is also using a lot more coal to uh, to cover off their power shortages so there's we're going to see a lot aren't we uh, in terms of commodity stories over the next week or two I think oh definitely and I think it's a really interesting story there about uh, the pushing back on those kind of green targets and green commitments in China and probably illustrates just how weak the economy is at, at the moment and the mm. need for China to stimulate it, its economy and the main stimulus that it uh, has done in the past is via infrastructure and by property. Um, so both the um, pushing back on the um, steel curbs uh, would play to, to, to that view that expects some pretty aggressive stimulus uh, in sometime this year and just worth noting as well obviously the um, big uh, five-year conference of the Chinese Communist Party uh, is later this year as well so I think uh, Beijing would want the economy humming pretty well in that environment yeah all right the uh, Westpac consumer confidence index this morning we get New Zealand's two-year inflation expectations Germany's balance of trade uh, we talked about Hugh Bill from the Peel from the from the Bank of England I think that's just about it isn't it unless I've missed anything that we should be looking out for today uh, we do get a few Fed speakers so we get the Fed's semester and she's on the hawkish kind of line of the spectrum and I guess we'll be looking quite closely whether she starts talking about any need to get uh, closer to neutral or whether uh, policy needs to be aggressively um, changed uh, as well. And the, the other one to look out for is uh, the possibility of getting Chinese aggregate financing figures. They're due mm. any time from today till Tuesday next week. All right. Great. Good to talk, Tapas. Catch you again. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, Phil. Still sounding like a very mixed recovery everywhere, isn't it? But stay with us. We'll guide you through it all. I'm Phil Dobby for now, back with another edition of The Morning Call tomorrow morning. See you then.